to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I get to interview inspiring women whose paths have crossed mine. I am based in Washington, D.C. I am a civil litigation attorney, TEDx speaker, podcaster, mentor to women in long-term recovery from alcohol and drug abuse and sexual assault. I'm a journalist and an author. If you would do me the favor of liking my TED Talk, which is called Using Life's Challenges as a Force for Good, I would very much appreciate it because that will move it up in the visibility algorithm. And I believe it has the ability to help a lot of people not feel so alone. I am honored today to have Chanel Renee in the studio. Chanel is a New Jersey-based, award-winning artist, exploring themes of diverse beauty, freedom, and self-discovery. She uses bold color and painterly brushstrokes to create immersive portrait paintings in oils and mixed media. Her current projects include Grant Street Beach, a series of paintings highlighting African-American generations on the segregated beach of Cape May, New Jersey from the 1920s to 1960s that reference Chanel's own family photographs. Chanel has exhibited throughout New Jersey and internationally at venues such as the Smithsonian Institution Traveling Exhibition, the Noise Art Museum, Atlantic City Arts Foundation Public Installation, Cape May MAC, the Curator's Salon, and the Ocean City Art Center as Best of Show awardee. Select media features include the Curator's Salon, Cape May Magazine, and Soup Can Magazine. Chanel is a self-taught artist who made a midlife pivot from a 20-year career in digital marketing to become a professional artist. Her mission is to inspire Black women to fall in love with themselves with an invitation to take up space, honor desires, and nurture the soul. I not only want to reflect myself through art, but also normalize and amplify the visibility of Black women simply being. Chanel offers paintings and workshops to support her community. Check out her website at chanelrenee.com and follow her on Instagram at beingchanelrenee. All of this is in the show notes, so you can go there after you listen to this inspiring podcast. Welcome, Chanel. Hello, Maria. Thank you for having me. Well, I am blown away by your art. It is contemporary art with soul, as your tagline reads. It truly is. And I am so excited to learn more. How did you become an artist? What drove you to this profession? Well, I am, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I am an emerging artist. Um, I've been painting for the last three years professionally. Um, and as you mentioned, um, I had worked in digital marketing for 20 years prior to that. Um, I was still working in um, uh, e-commerce web design, and I was just kind of craving like creative outlets for myself. And I explored everything from like jewelry design to 
um, ceramics, and I really landed on painting. Um, from there, I just really dove in. This all kind of happened uh, the year of 2020, kind of that self-discovery for everyone. Um, so it really gave me the space to um, build my skills, continue to learn, but also putting my work out there. Um, and I started exhibiting uh, the, the piece uh, that I won best of show for. Um, it was just one of those kind of breakthrough pieces. And it was like confirmation to me that I was like on the right path pursuing art professionally, so. Wow, well, that's beautiful. And I love that your art is beautiful, but also accessible. You offer merchandise that is beautiful. And I think it makes, they make really good gifts. So I will be ordering. And uh, they're also very arresting. I mean, there are, is portraiture, but also figures and bold colors. And you even offer gift cards, which is really helpful. Not a lot, I don't see that on a lot of artists' websites. So thank you for that. You well, also, absolutely. You also do commissions. So I'm interested in watching your portfolio grow. You definitely have some things that are sold out, but they're really beautiful. And um, I think they're fresh and new. How do you receive your inspiration for your work? Um, well, that's so interesting. Um, initially, as I was like learning to paint and draw, I was always drawn towards portraiture. Um, I was just always drawn to, you know, the human face, particularly women. And, you know, I've, I've drawn and painted all types of women as part of my learning, but to be able to reflect myself as an African-American woman is just so important to me. Um, also, in many of my paintings, um, you'll notice that the female is looking directly, um, you know, towards the viewer um, and just learning about art history, of course, um, the lack of representation of um, women, let alone women of color, I wanted to make sure that I was giving the direct female gaze to a lot of my subjects. Um, if you look back into art history, you'll find that when a woman is portrayed in a painting, it's more of a submissive glance. She's looking away and not really kind of owning her, you know, her feminine power. So um, I feel that's important in the work I do as well. Do you ever use live subjects when you're painting? Um, not currently. Um, when I go to workshops, I have opportunities to do um, work off of a uh, live model. Um, that's one of my goals, actually, to um, have my own kind of model call and really kind of, you know, select women that just kind of resonate with me and would love to paint. But that's definitely something that I foresee happening in the future. Yeah, I think that would really be beautiful to watch and also empowering for the subjects to see you bring their beauty to life. And I love, I encourage all of you to read her artist statement when you look at her website. I'll just read a little bit of it. Portraiture allows me to explore the complexity and nuance of the human spirit. I seek a visual embodiment of our truest self 
deepest emotions and the engagement with the full spectrum of modern beauty and feminine strength. As a black woman, I not only want to reflect myself, but normalize and amplify the visibility of black women simply being. My mission is to inspire black women to fall in love with themselves with an invitation to take up space, honor desires and nurture the soul. So tell, tell me more about that. How did that come into your consciousness as uh, an objective for your life, which you do so beautifully? Um, that really ties into kind of self-care for myself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a lot of this, um, my discovery of becoming an artist happened like during the pandemic, really, you know, feeling that isolation and, you know, uneasiness of just what was happening in the world around us and really making a note to kind of take care of myself. Um, actually, during that time as well, um, due to the isolation, I um, became a part of a women's circle training program. And I did it more just to connect with other women, um, you know, virtually through Zoom. But I also gained, you know, um, skills to nurture my own self-care, but also bringing those techniques to other women. So I, and it's so important um, for me, I, you know, suffer from anxiety and depression. So just having those things to support me when I'm, you know, feeling that way and knowing how to, you know, bring myself out of it. Um, and I just feel like, my art helps that as well. So that's just another form of self-care um, as well, so. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And science backs it up. In fact, when I was in rehab, they often have art therapy as part of our healing. So I applaud you on reiterating how important it is to be creative as humans. It's part of of real self-care to exercise our creative creativity. And we don't need to be professional artists like you are. And there's no way I could paint as, as beautifully as you do. But even just doing something simple that's creative, you know, planting a garden, using your creativity, uh, writing a poem or whatever it is, it's so important. And people don't understand, I think, by and large, how important creativity can be to providing healing to us, to express like what's inside of us that we suppress even and don't even realize what we're suppressing. So I'd also like to read this part of your artist statement. Often the sitter's eyes decide if they will be the subject of my portraits. The direct female gaze was considered taboo throughout art history. With the passive gaze or eyes closed, she was simply an object of pleasure without power, without agency. Black women were generally excluded as the main subjects in historical works. In many of my paintings, I give the direct gaze to black women, giving her, giving back her power and agency. My work contributes to the narrative of empowering black women, igniting hope and endless possibilities. That That's just true. Those are, are truths that maybe people have been hesitant to utter in the past. So tell me about how you, how you chose that as a mission. 
Well, it's so vulnerable being an artist and I've been kind of struggling with that connection piece of like sharing more of like my story. Um, and, you know, it's great. I put it in an artist statement, but for me to reiterate it everywhere I am, if it's on social media, um, I just feel that having that connection to the work I do res can resonate with so many people. I think just keeping it like internally because I'm, you know, worried about what other would people would think or say, I'm realizing, well, it's not meant for them. That's not my audience or my, you know, community. So as long as I'm, you know, putting my message out there and allowing it to connect with the people that it's meant to, I feel that, you know, I'm doing my part of, you know, not only creating the work, but also, um, you know, the messages behind my work, but also allowing the space for others as they look at my work to interpret it for themselves as well. Yeah, I, I love that. And was it scary to make your pivot to becoming a professional artist? Tell, tell us about that. Um, well, well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I graduated from college um, with a degree in communications. Um, for me and my family, you know, everyone worked until they retired. Like that was like the model. And I figured, yeah, I'm going to follow that model. Um, and while I love my work in um, communications, public relations, and even web design, I always had resistance to, I guess I would say the status quo. I am more, I would say, I don't want to say a free spirit because, you know, I can be very particular, but at the same time, having um, my own, um, allowing me to create the way that I wanted to, as opposed to having someone tell me. And whenever I met that re resistance in a workplace, I thought to myself, well, it's time to look for a different job. Like that was always like my out. Like I like, oh, I just need to look for a different job. It's not a right fit anymore. Um, eventually I came to the realization <laughs> that I was not really meant to work that traditional nine to five. And well, obviously I worked in that industry for 20 years doing it very in the traditional way. Um, so yeah, it was scary because I felt like I need to do this the traditional way. I need to work till I retire and then I can have fun and explore and do all these great things. Um, but yeah, I think it was just kind of, you know, I was working remote, so I was able to get that kind of freedom in that sense, um, doing um, web design. But again, that that door, kind of the gift of the pandemic, like that space to really put things into perspective, um, realizing, you know, what's really important um, for myself and kind of like taking that leap of faith. So yes, it was scary, but at the same time, I couldn't ignore it anymore within myself so mm, I love that that you really followed your calling and a lot of women in particular who have traditionally been uh, pushed to the side in many different industries are afraid to do what you did so wow I am even further in awe the more I get to know you 
the more I am awed by what you have done. And did you get pushback from friends and family and coworkers from your old job uh, for choosing this path? Um, not too much. So prior to becoming an artist, I had taken a few steps out of that box. Um, for a while, I was a certified Pilates instructor. Um, I didn't quit the nine to five, but I was like leaning into like, how can I make this work? Um, I also am a certified in wellness coaching. So I, you know, kind of dabbled and branched out. So um, my family and friends, they were familiar with me kind of doing this. I think they were probably curious, like, well, is this what going to stick as opposed to like, oh, she's trying something new. Um, but luckily, you know, my mom is super supportive. Um, I have a supportive family that, um, you know, I think when they see the work, they're just so surprised, like, oh, you did this? And you're not like, you didn't go to art school. So um, they're definitely supportive. And I think um, it's just really great to have that. Um, no one's telling you like, oh, you need to go back to the nine to five. So that's really great. Um, oh, I also just wanted to mention like a connection um, in terms of I had lived outside of DC um, for about three years. I That's when I was doing my corporate thing. I worked um, at Kaiser and also worked for the um, federal government. So just kind of interesting in terms of connecting with you, um, you know, being in DC and living outside of DC for a few years as well. So. Right. Well, now you're near Cape May or in Cape May? Um, yeah, pretty um, near Cape May, Cape May County, New Jersey. Um, I was born um, in Cape May. At three, um, I moved to Delaware where I was raised, but I always returned each summer. Um, to spend my summers with my grandparents. So it's kind of like I have that, you know, connection to um, South Jersey as being home, even though I, you know, grew up in Delaware, just having, you know, family here, um, you know, still having family here. So it's kind of nice to have that balance. So tell me how you have, or your observations of Cape May, how it's it has changed, especially from the perspective of a Black woman. Yeah, so, well, it's so interesting. Um, as I was um, doing my Grant Street Beach collection, centering on the segregated beach of Cape May, it really, it was, I mean, it was a slight departure of what I was doing, you know, painting mostly um, females, but it was about the story. I always would think about, I loved going to the beach and I would recall, um, you know, we would go, we would always go to the same beach, which is Grand Street. It just denotes, you know, what street of that, you know, beach in Cape May is. And for me growing up, I was just like, oh, well, why can't we go to the beach? Like that's near the arcade, you know, as a kid, you're just thinking about fun. Um, and my answer, I was told, you know, for my mom or whoever took me to the beach was it's just where we go. And of course, you know, I'm, a kid of the 80s so there's no segregation but it was still that tradition that we went to the Grand Street Beach um because and then when we get there I would notice that you know if it was my mom she would see an old classmate um so there was like that community built in like okay we went here and so as I look back um at generations because my grandparents um my grandmother 
um, lived in Cape May. Um, she has passed, but I would say she was born in 1916. Um, my grandfather, who was from West Cape May, he was born in 1912. So, and their parents before them, like, were there as well. I always, you know, ponder and think like, wow, it's so interesting to me that there were more um, African-Americans in this community in their time than in my time. So that's wow. always like a head scratcher for me. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. so interesting. Wow. Um, so how would one do a commission with you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, on my website, I have a commission page and basically it's a really short um, form to get information and details about what you're looking for in a commission. Um, once I receive the details, I'll set up a Zoom call um, and discuss the details and the timeline. And then we go from there. Wonderful, wonderful. So if someone were to be a corporation or a small company, small business, could they commission you to do swag for their business? Absolutely. Um, I'm definitely looking to collaborate with both, you know, the homeowner, but also, um, you know, corporate spaces and public spaces as well. So they could definitely reach out, um, even if it's not, you know, the traditional commission, um, they could even just use my contact form to reach out. And I would love to discuss the possibilities with them. Oh, great, great. So you have not had formal painting training and how did you emerge like this? I mean, my gosh, your your art is stunning. How does that happen? Well, well thank you. But it's so interesting, you know, like the term self-taught is kind of exactly that in the sense of, you know, I, I take a workshop here, I take a program here, and then it's all about practice. So basically, I kind of pulled together my own like art program, you know, art education program, just through my own curiosities of like, oh, that's an interesting technique. I want to learn that, like sign up for a workshop. You know what I mean? So it's, it's still learning. It's just kind of no structure in the learning, but I did, I was, um, uh, fortunate enough to find a program that was a year long. So it really gave me the space. I learned everything from drawing to painting, um, painting in oils, painting in mixed media, um, which were right now is where I'm focused more on the mixed media piece. But, you know, I'm classically trained in oil painting, um, drawing, um, and everything like that. And it's just, it's it just practice, basically. So... <laughs> Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, gosh, I mean, that really should give the rest of us hope that we can pursue if we are interested in art or whatever we're interested in, because you did it. You're a shining example for the rest of us. And, and I am just blown away by what you have created. So how do you combat the fear? Like, let's say you haven't made a sale in a week or two. And you need your rent payment or whatever expenses are coming up. How do you combat that fear, that negative voice that we all have that says, oh, you're not going to be able to sustain this? What do you do? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's 
so interesting. There are there's always ebbs and flows. And actually, <laughs> very most recently, I was having, you know, a moment of not doubt, but I was like, um, I was fortunate enough to make art sales like every month this year. And then as we were approaching the holidays, I was like, oh, I haven't sold anything. Like, you know, it was like literally in the past two weeks, I was like, oh, I haven't really sold anything. So I did like a promo, you know, I, you know, since I do have my marketing background, you know, I do the mailing list and the website and all that good stuff. But, you know, I did a promotion and, you know, I did get sales from that. And it was so interesting, like after that little bit of law, like literally yesterday, my um, award-winning painting sold. So what? very excited about that. Yes. Yes. Oh, I just got chills. That is such providence. Like, I think I believe that if you put good energy in the world, it comes back to you. And you certainly do that. That's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. So there's one question I ask all of the guests because um, I actually have collected them and put them in volume one of a book sharing the wisdom ebook sharing the wisdom wisdom of the women on this show so check it out on amazon it's inexpensive but it will absolutely lift your spirit to read how other people answer this question chanel what do you do to become your best version um i feel now um at the time of this recording i am 47 years old so i look at life in terms of what I want to accomplish and what I want to do um, in the rest of my journey. So even though I might have fear and anxiety, if I have a interest in something, I lean into it. Mm. If there's something that I'm curious about, I take the steps to find out how to do it. So it's more about becoming my my best version is to take advantage of the opportunities to lean into them um, and kind of based on the sense of there's more I want to do so if I feel that calling then just go in and do it so mm, that is beautiful and inspiring and thank you for sharing that with us because I think we all need to be reminded of that that it's easy to fall into complacency or to just settle for the safety that sameness offers when there's so much more to do. We have such a limited time here on this earth. So I encourage you as does Chanel to go out and just do it every day. Take a step, try, stretch your comfort zone, try something new, move towards your goals. Don't just sit and wait for something to happen because your life is happening right now. So I thank you, Chanel, for coming and making time out from your schedule, your creativity schedule to help us learn how to lean into our fears and follow our creative journeys. So follow Chanel at ChanelRenee.com and on her Instagram and LinkedIn. And uh, I thank you again for being on the show. Thank you, Maria. It's been wonderful. Join us again next week for another inspiring woman's story on the Becoming Your Best Version podcast. Mm -hmm.